Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God's going to tell you what to do. It's conviction of a sin. It should bring confession. And I'm I'm sorry, I did it wrong. So, in other words, stop doing that. Very often, Paul would write this. In fact, second, I think in Ephesians chapter 2, he'd say, once you were in, in, in debt and sin and you did all these things, and then Paul says this, stop doing that. That's not who you are anymore. That may be for some of you here today. Stop doing that. Do what God says to do. God's Word is powerful and effective. It pierces the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. It guides our path and arms us against the evil one. The knowledge of the Word of God must be more than a hobby or a diversion with us. We must not treat it like a low-calorie dessert that we can take or leave as we please. Pastor Mark will teach us that the Bible is a very necessary tool for any Christ follower. The Bible is for teaching us, for telling us what's wrong, for correction and instruction. Spending time in God's Word guards us from sin and the snares of Satan. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 for part one of our message entitled, Assured, Encouraged, and Warned. First John chapter 2 in your Bibles. In a moment, we'll begin at verse 12. All of us watched and wondered what would become of the Boston Marathon bombing. How in the world would it work itself out? During that week, we heard the authorities tell the residents of Boston, especially the, the town of Watertown, these words. We can assure you that we will solve this. We want to encourage you to give us tips, photos, because somewhere out there you will find them. Some of you already know them. Please keep us informed. And then finally, well, those authorities gave us a warning. Do not go outside your home. And businesses were shut down. Everything was put on hold, transportation. They just warned us that it was too dangerous to go outside. Now, why did the authorities assure, encourage, and warn? Well, because they cared for the people. And and from their experience of handling these kind of disasters, they could teach them how it would have a good ending. It's interesting because we were waiting for words and finally on late Friday, we, we watched and we heard these words. We got him. The residents were assured the threat was over. They were encouraged with the excellence shown by all the law enforcement. So were we. And they had been wise to listen 
to the warning. It's interesting, those three words, be assured, be encouraged, and be warned, are the very words John teaches us today in our passage. The first thing I want you to write on all of our campuses this morning, those of you watching online, is this. The role of a pastor, teacher, a mentor, and all of you that are parents, you can actually add grandparent in here, is to love, it's to teach, it's to assure, it's to encourage, and yes, there needs to be some warnings. So, As you and I look at all this, that's exactly what happened in the disaster. And this is what is to happen in our lives, in our homes, in our churches. Now, I thought about the warning. You know, when they finally took the warning away, and remember what they said in Watertown? Okay, everybody can kind of go back, but be very careful. Be very careful. Don't go far from your home and whatever. You you, you can go and, and do whatever. But notice... What they said, just stay close. Well, the one lady noticed that somewhere in the boat, that cover had been adopted and played with and there was some blood. So the man goes out, and I I think the man went beyond the warning a little bit. What what do you think? Let's see if anybody's in there. (laughs) Yeah, hello. So with warning comes what? Maybe some wisdom. So let's look today, as John teaches us, there is warning. But we kind of want to use it with a little bit of wisdom as we go through. Now, remember what John is doing. He's writing to a group of churches, not just one, people just like you and me. And they would be receiving his letter. And you're going to see what he writes today. Look at chapter 2, verse 12, all of our campuses. I write to you, dear children. You'll see three things as I go through here. Dear children, fathers, and then you're going to see these young men. I'll I'll define those for you later. I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, here we go again, dear children, different word than the first time, because you have known the father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. It's interesting to me that John, the pastor teacher, he stops and and he kind of takes a side view. He kind of steps aside of what he's been teaching and he wants to look to all the people who are listening to the letter and he's kind of saying this to himself. I've been pretty... I've been pretty hard on you. I've given you some really good things. Remember, the whole book of 1 John is about no... That you know, that you know, that you know. There's nothing more important than knowing without any doubt that you're a Christian. So John has given them some tests. I'll go through those in a moment. But he stops and he wants to do three things. He wants to assure them that they are because they passed the test. He wants to encourage them that they're doing good. But then he wants to say, life isn't over. I I need to warn you about something. Well, that's exactly what I'm going to do today to you. You will find in a moment, everybody in these campuses are in one of these three groups that are Christians. So what I want to do this morning 
It is assure you, give you assurance that you know that you're going to go to heaven. Number two, encourage you that you're doing good. Just keep it up. But number three, warn you that life is not over and there's still some things coming and we'll see that warning right at the end. Now, as you begin to look at that, what were some of the tests we've learned over the last few weeks? Well, John said this, if you really know God, if you really have a relationship personally with God, then there's the test of love. If you say you love God, then obey him. You, you can't say you love God and just do your own thing. And then last week, maybe one even as hard, maybe even harder, it was the test of, uh, the first one was the test of love, uh, of obedience. The second one's the test of love. He says this, if you love God, you really love God, then you, then you need to love your other believers. Well, that's a little more dicey because that brings us into those things we talked about last week, remember? Imperfect people, you're sitting next to an imperfect person. Every one of us. So sometimes it's a little hard to do that. But John said, if you'll do that, you prove... You prove, you can, you can be assured that you are believers. And then the reason John is going to do this is because he loves him. The reason I'm going to do this this morning, teach you, is because I love you. And a pastor teacher role is to love the people, teach them, assure them, encourage them, and indeed warn them. Now, I want you to understand there's a focus. The last song we sang in all the campuses was that the Word of God is our foundation. The Word of God is our foundation. So everything John is going to say this morning is based on the foundation of the Word of God. You see, we do not live by speculating how to live. We live by the revelation from God himself. We're a Bible-believing, Bible-practicing church. You will find many wonderful churches like this. You'll find many that don't believe all of the Bible. Foolishness. They've been deceived. You can't dilute the Word of God and live the Christian life. So I'm going to show you as we walk through this because God's going to actually show us through John the very same thing. The foundation of everything we're going to, everything we're going to learn to do is connected to the Word of God. Now, what does the Word of God do for us? If you will, keep your finger there. We'll be back and forth from First John a number of times. So just kind of keep a finger, put something there on your iPad or whatever. Just remember where you're at. And let's turn to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. There's where it is, about two-thirds of the way through the New Testament. Just back up a few books and you'll be right there. Go down to, and all of our campuses to chapter 3, verse 16. Paul is writing his young pastor, Timothy. And look what he says to him. All scripture, notice, all, not parts. All scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed. Came from God, man wrote it, but God gave it. The Holy Spirit is the author. And it's, here's the key word all, all this morning in this part, it's useful. And then he lists for us, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the Bible is very useful. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say, the Bible is very useful. Go ahead, just, just tell them, just tell them. Well, Pastor Mark, what, what is it useful for? I'm so glad you asked. There's actually five things, but because of time this morning, I'm going to give you four from this on down. The first one is actually in verse 15. But let me ask you to understand what we're talking about here. Number one, write it down. 
It's useful for teaching. Well, what is teaching? What is right? Teaching or doctrine is instructing believers in the truth that comes from God. We learn our foundational beliefs about God and man and sin and salvation and family, how to do family, uh, what happens in life, what happens after we die, death and heaven and hell and all the kind of future things that are coming. You see, people cannot do what they do not know. So correct teaching leads to correct living. Now all I can do is teach you correctly the Word of God. You have to live it. You have to obey it. I do my part, then you have to do your part. John is teaching us. We have to read it, learn it, and obey it. Now, it's not only useful for teaching. Here's number two. Write it down. It's useful for rebuking, or the word that I use is reproof. Stop doing that. Rebuking in order to convict of misbehavior or some kind of a false doctrine. Actually, John is doing that in the church. Gnostics that were there saying, well, you can live however you want. We really know God. We're really knowledgeable. We're brilliant. John says, no, you don't. you're not even part of us. Stop it. Stop it. You see, sometimes people don't like to be reproved or rebuked. I don't want anybody telling me something not to do. Well, when you leave today, the first four traffic signals you come to, just go through them. Do you think anybody will notice? Yes, you'll meet a new friend. <laughs> and then you'll be in traffic court and all the rest of the stuff. That. See, we're, we're crazy. When, when we come to the real world, we understand that. Yeah, show up for work next week, every single day, two hours late. Good for you. And then call our benevolence ministry. Because you're not going to have a what? A job. But see, when it comes to the church, you go, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Well, sure. God's going to tell you what to do. It's conviction of a sin. It should bring confession. And I'm, I'm sorry, I did it wrong. So, in other words, stop doing that. Very often, Paul would write this. In fact, second, uh, I think in Ephesians chapter 2, he'd say, once you were in, in, in dead and sin and you did all these things, and then Paul says this, stop doing that. That's not who you are anymore. That may be for some of you here today. Stop doing that. Do what God says to do. Now, look at the next one. All scriptures God breathed and it's useful for correcting. See, it's not just enough to say don't do that, but let me remind you what to do. So number three, correction. Start doing this. Restoration of something back to its proper condition or helping a person get back after, get back up after they've stumbled. I want you to, I want you to understand something. The goal of the church is restoration. The goal of correction is restoration. How wonderful to know that God is into restoration. A healthy church is active in restoring people because of God's grace. It's never too late to start doing right. You need to understand, look at me, everybody look at me this morning. This church is a hospital. We're here to help people. We're here to help people. 
We're not just for like good people because there's lots of other things that are involved. So that part of saying don't do this, but do this. Come on, get back up on your feet. You can do it. That's all a part of who you and I are. Now let's look at the fourth one. And it's useful for correcting and training in righteousness. Here's number four. You can write it down. Instruction. Training. In other words, stop doing that. Start doing this, but here's how you keep on track. It's long-term. It's encouraging and building up believers to live godly lives. Now you know what to do. Here's the steps to continue doing, and sometimes it's putting moral fences around, and there's all kinds of things that we learn to do. Now, Pastor Mark, why do we want to do all those things? What is the goal of knowing the Word and obeying the Word? What is the goal? Look at verse 17. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, as we apply God's word, we will be successful in finding the purpose of life for your life. The purpose of ministering. And we will learn to become like Jesus and to minister like Jesus and to think like Jesus. Understand The goal, and you'll see these three stages of spiritual maturity this morning, the goal is to become more and more like God. Now, when we're in church, we really focus on three things. We get this from the book of Acts. Why are you here in this church? Well, number one, we're here for the church's upward. In other words, it's worship, just like you've done at all the campuses this morning. We're worshiping God. We've come to realize that He's God, And we're not. So there's somebody worth worshiping, and that's God. It's not you, it's not me, it's not the bands. It's God. The second part of a church is not only upward, but it's inward. That's what we're doing now. We're studying. We're asking God to show us the word so I can learn it, know it, and then apply it in my life. I'm growing. It's inward. But there's a third one. It's outward. It's taking what we learn and living it outside the church. That's the salt. That's the light. The purpose of the church isn't for us just to be a nice little family here and get together and sing kumbaya. It's to go outside the door because, as Jesus said, the fields are white. That's why we did the adopt-a-verse. So we're taking it thousands of miles away that people you and I will never see, So they can have the word of God. Now, everything I just, those four things I just gave you this morning, they're clueless. That's the way most of the world lives. They're trying to do it without any direction from God. Now, go back where you had your finger, 1 John 2, 12, and let's talk about this first children. There's two children terms used in this passage. The first one is very different. It's really God's children. This first verse, verse 12, is written to everybody in the church. Everybody in the church. That's Christian. Let me read it to you. I write to you, remember John's an older person so he can say this, dear children. He's like a super, super old grandfather. I write to you, dear children, in other words, God's children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his names. Your sins have been forgiven because there's only one name under heaven by where a man may be saved, the name Jesus. John is writing to all believers and he's saying to them, I'm assuring you, you're a child of God. You absolutely have had your sins forgiven because you asked Jesus, the only one that can forgive you of your sins. Now, John would write it another way. In earlier book, John, 
just his name, not First John, just John. Take a look. You know this verse. Notice what John says here. Yet to all, say it with me, all. Who's all? Everyone, everyone that does this. Yet to all who received him, acknowledged Jesus as the Savior. To those who believed in his name, the name equals what he stood for, died on the cross for our sins, took our place. He gave the right to become children of God. Be assured this morning, if you've asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, and and you've received him, and he has come to live inside you, be assured this morning, not only are your sins forgiven, not only are you going to heaven, but this morning, you're a child of God. You have a heavenly father who's in heaven. That's a huge thing. You're not, you're never going to be alone. You have God. So John writes that, but I need to warn you with that amazing truth. There are From God's viewpoint, there's only two spiritual families that exist. The family of God and the family of Satan. Everybody's born in the family of Satan. Some of you this morning have never transferred. But God is here and he wants to offer you an opportunity, which I'll give you at the end, to join his family. All you have to do is repent, believe, receive, and become That is the step you want to take to become a child of God. Now, look at verse 13. We move on. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, this is a different children, because you have known the father. So let's talk about these terms. Children, those young men, and fathers. That is not a category. Uh, fathers of 62 and above, children 12 and under. This is not a, these are spiritual kind of, when you look at it, it's spiritual stages in a person. So the first one, here's what you're going to write all the campuses. In this verse, when he says to you, I write to you, dear children, here's what he means. Write it down. Children, new baby believers. This is a person who just comes to Christ. Why is he writing to them? Well, he wants to assure them. Now, Peter wrote an amazing verse. Look what Peter says to these spiritual babies. By the way, every person starts in this stage. A baby, a new believer. You could be 78 years old and you become a Christian today. Sorry, but you're a baby. Sounds a little funny, but whatever. That's what it is. Now, now, notice what Peter says. Like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk. In other words, you need to be fed. And I put in there the milk of the Word. It's the Word of God. So that by it, notice, notice the point. You will grow up, not in age, not in muscle, not in brain, in your salvation. Pastor Mark asked, if you're a parent, teacher, mentor, or pastor, if so, you've been called to teach, love, assure, encourage, and warn. God has given us the Bible to teach us these very things. To teach us what's right, that's called doctrine. These are foundational beliefs. The Bible corrects us. It tells us to stop doing certain things, but then it shows us to start doing this or that. And the Bible gives us instruction so that we can walk in the right path. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 6109. And the title of this message is Assured, Encouraged, and Warned. Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is 6109. And the title of this message is Assured, Encouraged, and Warned. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue to learn about becoming children of God. Once we become a Christ follower, we need to grow in our relationship with God. We grow when we spend time in God's Word, the Bible. Like newborn babies crave milk, we need to crave the Word of God. Every new believer must grow spiritually, and we do this by learning about God. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time, as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a hurting world a new hope he is giving lord let us hear your lessons for this